In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, I got my brother James in the building, and he's going to share his thoughts on this 2023 NBA draft class that has a lot of people excited. Obviously, you got Victor Wimbayama, you got Scoot Henderson, you got Brandon Miller, you got the Thompson Twins, throw in Chet Holmgren, who is now in this class. So James is going to give his thoughts on the top rookies in this class, who he believes is gonna stand out, who he believes is gonna struggle. I mean, it's just gonna be James's thoughts and opinions on this class. Stay tuned. Now, you know, I might have to let this beat ride. This beat was made by none other than James himself. You know, he knows the draft. He's becoming a, a good podcaster, but he's made the instrumentals for the last couple of seasons on NBA Big Board, so we're going to let this ride out. But thank you, the listener, for making the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And my brother James is now officially on the Locked On team. You're going to see a lot more of him. He's officially a member of Locked On. If there was like a chain, I would put a chain on his neck, <laughs> but we don't have a chain. You know, we need to, we need to figure out a way to get out a locked on chain. We got like the turnover chains in football, which I think now is just getting a little out of hand. Yeah, everybody but has one now. Get him a locked on chain. Maybe I got a t-shirt. Maybe I should have just put a t-shirt on it. But James, you're officially part of locked on. How how does it feel to be officially part of the team? Feels good, man. I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to get these pods off, man. Ready to get this stuff off my chest. Oh, Lord. Right, right in time for basketball season. Right on time. All right, let's talk about this 2023 NBA draft class. A lot of people think that has the potential to be one of the best classes in recent memory. I think it's really early to start, you know, categorizing classes as strong or weak because you really don't know until years down the line. I remember just 2020, everybody thought it was a weak class, and, you know, you got – Maxi, who hasn't got paid, I think it's just absolutely insane that he hasn't got paid. And yes, I know the reason why he hasn't been paid is for cap space and all that. But I feel like if he were a top five pick with his production, they would have paid him. But that's a whole other story. But Maxi, I think, is going to end up getting a max deal. You got Lamelo Ball. You got Anthony Edwards. Halliburton got a huge deal. I was shocked that Jaden McDaniels got a buck thirty-six. You were shocked. I didn't think he was going to get 136. He's the best defender and on the wing. And he's got a lot, he's got a lot of offensive game, too. And see, I remember we talked about, I talked about him on the pod with you. I was like, yo, if he just chill on the KD prophecy and lock in on defense, could be nice. he's going to be really good. And look, hey. And now that I think he got his bread, nah, he, and then he, they're he gonna show really, the offense. Yeah, they're going to really need him to score now, too, so. But anyway, 2020 was thought to be weak, and I think it's been a strong class. But 2024, all right, let's start off Victor Wimbayama. I've watched Victor live and in person for years. Um, I've been following him for a while. So far, have you been shocked with what you have seen from the preseason? So in research and preparing for this, I wanted to go back to Summer League versus the preseason to mm -hmm. see the, the improvement, not just for Wimbayama, but just for all the guys that we're going to talk about. Uh, and early in the, in the summer league, you know, it was his first game. 
and it looked like not the, not doubting his talent. That's crazy. We passed that, right? Or never were on that. But like the lights were really bright that first game. He was getting pushed around. He was on the ground a lot. Uh, did he get banged on by Kai the first game? He got yes, he on. did. He got banged on, right? But preseason, yo. But his second game, yeah, his second game was a lot better too. But like the the physicality, the efficiency, like he was like way better from July to now, and it's like scary how good he is. I right think now. See, I won't even say I think he's like way better. I just think that he had a long season. They were playing all the way up until the week of the draft. Then he didn't do anything, and he was basically on this whole media tour. I mean, they just had him doing a bunch of media stuff. Yeah. And then he was kind of thrown out there. And, I mean, he. I feel like he, I don't want to say he was out of shape, but I think he was just kind of out of rhythm. That's fair. And I think he said he hadn't touched the ball. And then the second game, you know, with all the people doubting. I remember sitting next to this dude, and I was in Vegas, and he was on the phone. He was irritating me, but he was on the phone the whole time during that game. He was like, see, I told you this dude ain't good. They hyped him up. And he was on the phone to somebody that was watching the game on TV, and basically, like, he's on the ground, he's weak. And I think he showed the second game, like, all right, that first game was kind of a fluke, but I feel like a lot of people still don't believe. I mean, we saw Paul George's comments, even though he just – he hit that Deion Sanders backpedal. Did you see that? Yeah. He hit that. He hit that backpedal because he's like, hey, dude, Euro from the free throw yeah. line. But I think that he's going to be great. I think the expectations are like through the roof. And then at first I was like, man, Pop's gonna kind of control it a mm. little bit. But then I'm like, after seeing the preseason, I'm like, he's gonna be able to get his points in the flow of the offense. They're not gonna to have to run a lot of stuff for him. And he's gonna create his own points with his defense. I think he is ahead of what I expected him to be. I thought I would have seen what I saw in the preseason in probably like December, you know, that first like month and a half of the season, you just mm -hmm. kind of get used to it. But like, man, he was legit. Yeah. And then like, uh, I mean, we saw the plays on Twitter where he got a steal from like the three-point line yep. and, and stole the ball from a man casing on the foul line. And like, one thing I did under, underestimate was how fast, like how like foot speed, how fast he was. Like, Even though he only need like three steps. He did, but, but he, he just gets he's just there though. Yeah, he's fast. And then like his his quickness and triple threat, I, I, was, I was asleep on. Like, dude is legit. And it's, it's scary how good he is right now. Um, I will say, and again, it's really not much to do with him. I mean, like, yeah, the three-point ball has got to get better. Um, you know, the physicality, while he is going to be okay finishing through contact, you know, it's still going to be an issue for him. Uh, but, I mean, if he can, if he can see the rim, he's going to dunk the ball from anyway, five yeah. feet out. But I just want to see what does the Jeremy Sohan – point guard experience due to Wimbayama. Like, how helpful is it going to be for him? Is it going to be hurtful? I don't know. I'm, I just feel like a point guard would get him, like, six easy points again. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see. And, and because uh, Jeremy's not a shooter, like, we're going to go underneath. We're going to trick all that action off. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see 
um, how that works, if they stick with that full time, if they're going to go to Tyus, not Tyus, excuse me, Trey Jones, um, it'll just be interesting to see how that works. What do you think about his impact on the defensive end? I think it's lazy to just say, oh, man, he's going to be a rim protector. Nah. I think he's going to be all over the he floor. He got a steal. <laughs> Guarding somebody at the three-point line, he reached. Y'all can't see me on the podcast audio, but he reached and stole the ball from somebody at the foul line. Yep. Like, and he's blocking jumpers. Yes. Like he's blocking. Damn. Even if he's not blocking it, he's long enough to where he can be in the paint, and he can turn a wide-open corner three into a contested corner three. I think defensively. One, I think teams are going to try to put him on shooters yes. to keep him out the paint. But I think if you put him on a non-shooter, he has the length and the athleticism to stop the pick and roll and contest. Yeah. I think he could be all defense as a rookie. Yeah. I think he can be all defense. You know defense what? As because if Jaron Jackson made all defense in the NBA last year. He was a defensive player of the year. I don't really agree with that one. But, you know, I don't see how Wimbiama doesn't have a similar impact. And, yeah. like, he, the only only big that I've seen, like, block that many jumpers in the game was Robert Williams. Robert Williams. Yeah. He was blocking jumpers that he <laughs> yeah. Beating jumpers blocking, into the Blocking crowd. threes is crazy, man. Yeah. And I think Victor is going to do that. Chet, too. I mean, I saw a Chet block Dame's step back. I had that in my notes. So, but a step back mid-range versus, like, yo, my man is blocking. Clay Thompson, three. And then you seen that steal shot of him contesting that Wiggins? Yeah. Yo, that looks fake, man. But that was another one. It was another dude on the Heat. Even though the guy on the Heat made the shot, but it was just the fact that he was – I mean, he just had the long contest, man. I think defensively, I think he's going to be special. I think offensively – He's just going to get his points in the flow of the game. He's going to be able to get maybe four points a game just from defense. He's going to get a steal, or he's going to block a jumper and turn that into they're definitely a, a giving fast him, break. They're definitely giving him that Zion leak-out pass, too, yeah. where you can test at the top of the key, and then you just go be an athlete and go get yourself an easy bucket. And that, that's helpful because with them not playing a point guard, like, you know, all those guys can grab and go. Zach Collins can grab and go. So. Yeah. It's going to impact his rebounding. All right, when we return, I'm going to talk about Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller. Or maybe I should say Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. It might be a little bit of concern. I feel like, and this is just my opinion, Scoot has been given a pass for the last year on his inefficiency. People have just kind of glossed over the fact that the shooting is, it hasn't been good. And I think more has been made when Brandon Miller struggles, but that's just my opinion. Stay tuned to find out James's thoughts on Brandon and Scoop. But before we talk about Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, and the rest of the top players in the 2023 NBA Draft, we are going to talk about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and the most exciting. Daily fantasy sports, and all you do is just play against the numbers. James, I know you play prize picks all the time. I do. For the listener, tell them, tell them all you have to do about all to right. get on prize. So basically, picks. you pick at least two guys. You can pick a maximum of six. You pick, you see their projected stat, and you pick either they're going to have more than that projected stat or less than that projected stat. Depending on um, how many guys you pick, is the larger the payout. So you can win 25 times your money. 
Yes, I've done that a couple of times. But like, give me an example of when you won 25 times your money. Man, let me tell you, man, look, I had played the Lakers and the Nuggets in the uh, Western Conference Finals last year. Jokic was delivering. KCP made over one and a half threes. Like, that was an easy slam dunk pick. Uh, Austin Reeves was coming through. So basically, I think I made like a... It was a $7 place, so I'm light, you know, and I turned $7 into $175. You can earn big money with prize picks, so go to prizepicks.com slash NBA. You have to use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Second segment. So we talked about Wimbayama, the first segment. We talked a little bit about Chet. I want to hear your thoughts. Because okay. I have my own. But I want to hear your thoughts on Brandon Miller. One, do you think that he's going to start for, for the Hornets? No. How, how crazy is that? Number two pick in the draft. Well, it's not just him. It's, and we'll talk about it. It's other guys, too. Like, yeah. there are teams who have log jams at positions where guys were drafted at. And unlike years in the past, I don't think you're going to see – um, you're going to see guys sitting or not playing the, the minutes that you expect them to play um, per the where they were selected in the draft. But Brandon Miller, um, like, I don't think it's going to open up for him until they get Hayward out of there. Um, maybe even Rozier, too. Uh, I don't even know if Miles is playing, but, like, there's just – That's true, too. But there's just a log jam of guys on the wing – and it's just going to be hard for him to, to stand out. And on top of it, he's a number two pick, right? You're going to have people who said that that pick should have been Scoot, right? Um, he's, gonna, he's playing with a an all-star with Lon, or not Lon, excuse me, an all-star with, with LaMelo. So there's going to be that attention. And there's all the other negative attention from his past and then Miles and all the other crazy, crazy stuff that goes on, has been going on in Charlotte. So it's just like, He's not, to me, in a great position on top of him struggling. What do, what do you think his rookie numbers look like? Okay, so I'm going to split his rookie season into two, two parts because there's going to be pre... I mean, you got to think, they might not be able to move Hayward. What team is going to how many, take Hayward? How many years does he have left? Even if he has... I don't think he's at one, but... I think Hayward still has value. I just think he's always hurt. And you got to think about a team. He's got like, value on a really good, a really good team, right? And that's and that's just kind of how it's gonna have to work for him, because like Hayward, Hayward can play. He's yeah. just always hurt, right? And he went straight for the cash. <laughs> and, and he went for the cash. Hey, man, you know what? And I get it. I a hundred percent understand. I just don't think that he finishes this season in um, in Charlotte just because like. They just drafted a guy really, really high. Yep. And then, so, like, okay, he's, this is the last year of his contract. So, I wonder who he's takes it. He's at 31 million. And, again, this stuff is going to have to happen. Stuff is going to have to shake. But um, I think that Hayward, if he's interested in being the OG for Brandon Miller, would be a good. No. He won, he, won, he got him on out of there. He got to look at that team and, like, I don't fit in with nothing. I'm not dude. talking about a full-time OG. I'm talking about a part-time. It's a trade line OG. Right. But until then, Brandon Miller is going to not look 
you're not going to get a good gauge of what he is until like they clean up and get some guys out of there on that roster. You see they brought in Ish Smith. I don't know why they brought in Ish Smith. So do you think, all right, let's say post-trade of Hayward, Brandon Miller's the starting three for the Hornets. Do you think they're going to win 40 games? What type of numbers do you think? They're not going to win 40 games. They won 43 two years ago. That was two years ago. They, they, got, they got too much going on. There's too many distractions. I think post-Gordon Hayward trade, I see 15 points per game. They're stuck with Miles, and Miles can hoop, but eventually he's going to play because they just paid him, and then they just paid P.J. And then, like, Brandon Miller's production largely, to me, depends on if they trade Rozier and they trade Gordon Hayward. You get those two guys out of there, that frees up time for him to find the rhythm, uh, minutes for him to find the rhythm, um, the opportunities to score. And then when those opportunities come, I can see him being a 15-point-per-game guy. But until then, I just think it's, it's going to be tough. Um, he still continues to, like, to struggle to finish at the rim in the half court. But one thing I will say, he looks a lot more athletic in the I NBA think the, setting. the whole athleticism thing was just over – Yes. I mean, just people spent too much time. Yeah, yeah. But he looks a lot more athletic in the, in the NBA setting than he did in college. I, I hope they let him loose because at Alabama, he, he wasn't able to shoot middies or get any work in the mid post. And I think I've seen a little bit of, out of that in the preseason. But when you watch his film in high school, that was where he did most of his damage at in the mid post. And he was just shooting over the top of, of guys on middies. All right, let's talk about Scoot Henderson. I'm a Blazers fan. Been a Blazers fan for a long time. Isn't your your your, your name on Twitter Blazers five hundred? No, I had I changed it to Barlow five hundred <laughs> years ago. But uh, Scoot Henderson, like, and I get it. I think he has been riding the wave of that that game against Wimbayama last year. He's shown some flashes, but he was really inefficient last year. I felt like he shut it down in the second half of the G League season. I thought he was not really good in the second half of the G League season. Then he had a, okay, some, how many games did he play some league? Two or three? Yeah, they shut him down too. And again, the numbers weren't good shooting as far as efficiency in the summer league. And then in the preseason, they haven't really been. Are you concerned right now, not long term, but right now, are you concerned about his shooting and the efficiency in the shooting? Yes, there are going to be efficiency concerns. However, in the comparison, because they're always going to be compared to each other. Um, Brandon Miller, Scoot is going to have every opportunity to figure it out. They cleared the decks for him. Yeah. They put guys around him where he can succeed, right? Uh, he did shoot like 29% from three in um, the preseason. And um, whoever they played, the uh, overseas team, those guys were going underneath those screens and they were making him shoot. Um, but again, it's, it's just a different situation. When you look at really of the top 10, 15 guys drafted, um, Wimby and Scoot have the best uh, support system around them for them to succeed and improve and to be able to play through stuff. So again, long term, um, yeah, he's got to be he's got to be a better shooter. 
again, it's a hard position to play if you can't shoot. Um, so I know it's a different era, but Derrick Rose shot 47% from the floor as a rookie, which is really, really good. That's crazy. Considering that he only shot 22% from three, but he only attempted not even one three per game. Obviously, the game is different. Scoot is going to attempt more than that. Do you think that Scoot can shoot? Like, like D-Rose, again, it's tough to compare him by D-Rose, but that's been one of the comparisons. D-Rose shot 49% from two as a rookie. Do you think Scoot can come anywhere close to that? Um, I don't know. It largely, he's, okay, Scoot is super athletic. He's not Derrick Rose athletic. Yeah, he doesn't have that. That's Derrick another level. This, this weird game. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have Derrick Rose athleticism, and he doesn't have Derrick Rose finishing ability. Uh, where he can do cartwheels in the air and contortions and all kind of crazy stuff. So that may not be a fair comparison. And I think he's going to take more jump shots yep. than um, Derrick Rose did. All right, hold that thought. When we return, I want to ask James if he thinks that Scoot can have a rookie year similar to maybe uh, Russell Westbrook or even John Morant when they were first-year players. Stay tuned. All right, last segment, and we've only covered, I guess we've covered three players, so we're, we're doing okay. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on your predictions for Scoot's numbers as a rookie. So I know I had mentioned Derrick Rose shot 47% from the floor his first year. Right. Russell Westbrook was under 40%. Do you think it's more realistic for Scoot to have a Russell Westbrook type rookie season than Derrick Rose? Um, yes, because while he has full reign of the offense, they still got some guys there that are capable scorers. And I think that he'll look to um, kind of get guys more involved early on before we figure out if he's that kind of that that level of score. Um, so they still got Simon. He's going to average 20. He might average 25. I think that's what he's he got to find. He's got to find the foul line to get that twenty-five. I think, but, but I think that's he was close to that in the second half of last year. All right, they got my main man, Shaden Sharp, who's not even starting. They're uh, starting Matisse Tyler. I get it, but you know, hey, that'll be until they trade Jeremy Grant and Tyler. I think they'll keep Tyler. I think you resign him. or you match the offer sheet that Dallas gave him, so you can try to flip that into an asset. But there's no reason why Shaden Sharp should be starting. I mean, I get it. Even from, like, your, your rebuilding team and from the fan excitement aspect. And it's no knock on Matisse Tybal, but nobody's paying money to see Matisse Tybal That's true. lock up. You want to see Shaden Sharp looking like he's jumping off a trampoline. I think, I think Shaden Sharp is close, but he's not there yet. Of course he's not there not, yet. And I'm talking about there for us to like, all right, we got to really move the decks for him to get loose. But he's close. I'm, I'm a big I'm, fan. I'm letting him loose right now. I mean, I'm man, not expecting the win. Man, so. man, that dude is different. All right, let's talk about the Thompson twins. All right. Amon and Asor Thompson. Now, I am on record of saying I did not like the fit with Asor and Detroit. Actually, I don't even like the fit for Amon in Houston right now just because, and I've talked about it on previous podcasts, if he gets loose in the preseason, they're still not going to give him the opportunity to start. Amin. because Yeah, because 
I mean, they just paid Van Vliet a buck thirty, right? And they're gonna start Jalen Green, and they're not gonna start him over Dylan Brooks. No, they just paid him. So I'm like, I, I, in a perfect world, I want to see him in a situation to where he's the man. But I don't really know like what team that he would be given the keys as the point guard from day one because, I mean, outside of San Antonio, every team, every team guard. has somebody that that they've invested in so i think that the fits for both of those guys are going to be interesting because i believe both are lead ball handlers and they're not going to have the opportunity to really be the lead ball handler more so Amin probably has a little bit more of an opportunity but i thought asur has played well and i'm just curious to see what it looks like when um bogey comes back bohan boyan when Boyan comes back. No wiggle, Bogdanovich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I like Cade Cunningham. I like Cade a lot. I feel like Detroit needs to surround him with shooters. And Asor's obviously not a good shooter at this point. I don't think they made a mistake by drafting him. I just personally don't like the fit. So what are your thoughts on the Thompson Twins, how they play this preseason, and what are your expectations All right. coming into the season? So let's start with Amin Thompson. All right. So I feel like I, I was going back and forth on um, as far as like his role. Okay. Because they got, they got a million dudes at every position. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there will be Let's say Fred not going to play those uh, Nick Nurse minutes at point guard, right? He's not going to play 40 like he was, 39. Yeah. So let's say Fred, you slot Fred in at about 32, 34 minutes a game. Yeah. That should leave 16 minutes a game for Amin Thompson on the floor as a backup point guard. Six, so you're saying 16 minutes where he's the primary ball handler on the floor? Now, yes, but... Now, I wouldn't necessarily say primary ball handling because if you put him on the floor with Shangoon, then they can work together in the mm-hmm. sense where, you know, he, he handles the ball, but, you know, you still get Shangoon. He's going to do his, his diet Jokic thing. Um, but I feel like it's going to obviously hurt who we're not talking about right now, Cam Whitmore, more because he just does one thing. And they got – I want to see him – Play. I do too, but he's not. Where does where does he? Tari Eason, Jay Sean Tate, right? I think there's gonna be like. Hold a, on, we still talked about Brooks, Jalen Green. Yeah. Like, where are wing minutes? But I think a playoff team is gonna make a trade for Jay Sean Tate. That's true. He's so what we'll say. But even then, Tari Eason minutes. They still got uh, Jabari Smith minutes. Like there, I don't, I don't know where like the wing three, four minutes are gonna be for Cam Whitmore, especially with him being like just a score. What's gonna be scary is when he gets in the game, he's gonna be getting that thing up, good or bad, <laughs> good or bad, because he's right. gonna be like, man, I, I, these are my minutes that I'm playing. You're right. I'm, I'm about to get up, but, but eight back, shots in my eleven minutes. Right. But back to Amin Thompson. Um. You know, he can't shoot right now, but... It's crazy because you saw the, the jump shots that he made on social media, and that's all I kept seeing. Right, he but you know like what? Two in a row. He did make some shots, and shooting is going to be 
him and his brother. That's always going to be their their biggest issue. But mm-hmm. what I like about Amon is that like there's just constant rim pressure from him, and like he's he shot like five free throws a game in the preseason, mm-hmm. and like that's something that you just gotta love. One thing that um, again with him and his brother is they're gonna have to figure out that they just can't out athlete people anymore. I mean, I think they, they can. They can. It's just the gap is not like it yeah, was. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they they still do some amazing stuff. He had the fake Kobe baseline dunk uh, mm-hmm. windmill, like that's crazy. But like, he was. I forgot who did he. Somebody caught him, and it was like a family man backup big. Like those guys are there now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop like an in between game. They Amin takes the jump shots you want him to to take. He was making a couple of them. Mm-hmm. He still can't really shoot right now. I think uh, from a, 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 ter- a nerd technical thing, something's not right with his jump shot. Like, it looks like it's too much bending on the right. But, I mean, you know, they got player development guys that can fix that and uh, and work on that. But, um, but yeah, man. Um, what do you think about a source fit in Detroit? Detroit, see, now here's the thing, though. I think he's going to play a lot in Detroit this year. I Bogey, think he's going to play a lot, but... I think he's going to start right away and play not as a backup point guard, but as a three. Because, so you think he's going to start at the three? Yeah, because so, Bogey's out for four weeks. Okay. They just ruled him out for four weeks, a.k.a. we're going to try to get you into a better spot, right? Monty Morris, a.k.a. we he got a phantom injury, too. So, like, there are going to be minutes for him there. As a uh, not as a backup point guard, as a wing, as a wing, because I'm telling you right now, he is an all league defender today. Is he the best rookie defender in this class? Not named Wimbiama. Yes. Is he a better defender than Bilal Kulabali? Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll feet, talk about Bilal in a future episode. His feet move. Yeah, we all He's, know he can defend. Yes, he defends like. He defends with the same intensity that Drew Holiday defends. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be able to defend, which is crazy because Holiday shouldn't have been defending fours, but, like, he'll be able to defend one through three, and it's going to be hell. He's yeah. picking up full court. They had Holiday defending Aiton in the finals. Yeah, they, had Holiday, they had Holiday guard Zion. Uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. You see Jeff Teague's interview with uh, yeah, 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 Jordan Crawford? Yeah. He's talking about Holiday, so how he chested dude and then he's got the yeah, steal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, but that's what Amin Thompson was doing in the preseason. Or, excuse me, Asura Thompson was doing in the preseason. So, like, he's going to play. The problem is he can't shoot. Right, and that team and, needs and they need shooters because they're already they're already sneaking Isaiah Stewart out there as a four, stretch a stretch four, four which yeah. is to me a stretch. Not again, he's out there, but they don't have any other options like they Joe Harris. Yeah, but Joe Harris' best days is kind of behind him. You're not starting Joe Harris. No, but he I feel like he's got to play a lot of minutes because, you know, the saying boxes and elbows. Exactly. <laughs> That's but, how I would. but what I like about a sore end, I mean, like, them dudes cut. Yeah. So, like, yeah, um, it's going to be some, some, some air balls out there, some bad misses, but, like, they cut, and I just feel like um, Herb, my man, man, Herb Jones played a lot last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he Herb is a way better shooter, but like but Herb couldn't make a shot in college to say exactly. Himself. But Herb played a lot last yeah. year and the year before. And the year before, um, their spacing, Detroit spacing looks a lot like uh, 
New Orleans spacing. In I a think sense. Pelicans got. I mean, you're gonna respect CJ. You're gonna respect. Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get, I get that. But they don't, they don't. Unless Trey Murphy's out there, they're not playing a sniper out there, yeah, right? Yeah. Zion's not stretching the floor. Zion is just putting pressure on the rim. He's being, a four, being an alien. And then you know, my man Jonas Valanciunas gonna pump fake you. He gonna he'll shoot a three. Yep. But it won't be any different than like you know Isaiah Stewart shooting threes. But you, they'll find ways to use uh, Asur as a, a cutter. He'll be in the dunker. We know if he's in a dunker spot, he's going to knock the ball. So, all right. So, so to wrap up this episode, who has a better rookie season between Amon and Asur Thompson? Better statistically. I'm gonna go with Asur because the minutes are going to be there for him. And give me a prediction on both of their numbers. Okay, so shoot, I think Asur is going to be like a. Nine, five, four, two steals kind of guy. Give me them shooting splits. Man, I don't even want to. 40, 20, 50. Those are the splits for both of them, really, because they can't 40. shoot free throws either. 40, 20, 50. 20, upper 20s. Like what they were last year. 26, Basically, yeah. yeah. I just, I'm not buying them being good shooters right now. Uh, and also, even with Amin, like, will the minutes be there for him to to get the, the reps to become a shooter? That's going to be um, an issue. Well, that wraps up this episode. There will be part two. We only got to the top five picks in the 2023 NBA draft. And part two, we're going to somehow find a way to condense some of the other prospects in the 2023 NBA draft class, including Chet Holmgren, who was in 2022. But I want to get James' opinion on Keontae George, Anthony Black, Jairus Walker, Grady Dick, does Taylor Hendricks play? We talked a little bit about Cam Whitmore. So stay tuned for part two of this preview of the 2023 NBA draft class on the 2023-24 season, which is their rookie year. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow with James Barlow. And we are out. <laughs>